Welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Commute podcast. I'm your host, V.M. Campos. We talk about comics during your commute. Listen to me on my commute. So uh, let's get going. The topic today is related to comics, of course. And this time will be my origin story with Comic-Con. So San Diego Comic-Con International. I live in San Diego most of my life. And I've been going to Comic-Con most of my life, too. You can do the math on how old I am in a moment. But um, I've been going to Comic-Con, brace yourselves, since 1993. So I've been going to Comic-Con over 20 years. And I'm not 40 yet, so I've been going more... I've been going to Comic-Con over half my life. So how did it all start? Well, in a previous episode, I talked about my Comic-Con origin. I'm sorry, my comic book origin story, which is my first comics and all of that. You can go back to that previous episode and read on it in detail. But in short, I started collecting comics in 1987, and it was with uh, Amazing Spider-Man from Marvel. So to dovetail on that, I started collecting in 1987, and from about 87 to 92, that was when I was the most hardcore. I would get uh, the new issue of Spider-Man every month. And then there was a time when uh, Todd McFarlane was, was, um, was writing or was drawing Spider-Man, and it was so popular that that book was out twice a month. And then uh, there was Amazing Spider-Man, there was Spectacular Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man, but people couldn't get enough Spider-Man issues, so then they made Spider-Man, and that was helmed by McFarlane before he went off and co-founded Image Comics, but that's another story. Now, that was in the early 90s. By about 92, I guess, I was getting burnt out on comics, and I was really only collecting Spider-Man once in a while, maybe an X-Men book or something. I don't really remember collecting much else during that time. But it was around 1992, it kind of really tapered off, and it was summertime, 1992, and as best as I can remember, my dad mentioned Hey, Victor, have you heard about this thing here, Comic-Con? I don't remember what he said, but just that he mentioned it in passing for a bit. And he was an avid, or he still is, an avid reader of the San Diego Union-Tribune, that thing called a newspaper. It's basically the news on paper. Um, And so uh, the Union-Tribune, they've... um, I don't even read it anymore, of course, but I don't know. They used to have this thing every Thursday called Night and Day. And it was like this um, this mini-magazine inside the newspaper that was telling you all about the nightlife and things to do and cool stuff in San Diego and so forth. 
So he brought it to my attention in 92. Yeah, there's this thing called San Diego Comic-Con. And whoops, it just ended. But you might have liked it, Victor. It was about comic books. And I know you like comic books. So maybe next year. So my first intro to Comic-Con was in 92. And I missed it. I didn't go because my dad told me about it after it. And what I read about in that newspaper magazine sounded so cool. A place for people to go about and look at the latest comics and get autographs and all that cool stuff. So I missed it. I didn't go that year, but I heard about it. So then 1993 came around. The summer was coming. And then I remembered the previous year about Comic-Con, but this time I was telling my parents, can we go? Can we go to Comic-Con? So they're like, okay, sure. What's what's the price? Oh, man, this is so expensive. This is $45 for four days. Now, obviously, if you go to Comic-Con nowadays, you know that it's a little bit more than $45 for four days. But at that point, that's how much it cost. But the good news is that you could go on the last day, Sunday, and it would only cost $20. So we thought, that's what we'll do. So it was the summer of 1993. And it's kind of hard to remember what happened 20 years ago, sometimes. 20 minutes ago for me, sometimes. But um, as best as I recall, I went with my dad and my middle brother, Damien. Um, it was myself, and I believe my two cousins, Jaime and Pancho. And we went on a Sunday. We got the, the one-day Sunday junior pass, and my dad got his adult pass. And so it was probably $100 for all of us to go. So let that sink in. 20 years ago, um, five people could go for $100. So we went and uh, we, we got in line. The line was not very long. Let that sink in as well. The line to get into Comic-Con was not very long. And we got of course our badges and our goodie bag and what was different 20 years ago was that the badges really had character and I'm sorry to say the the style of the Comic-Con badges has really 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 gone downhill I've got a YouTube video you should check out on my channel youtube.com slash vmcamposjr that's v-m-c-a-m-p-o-s-j-r and I've got a video there about my top five favorite Comic-Con badges because they used to have style. They were designed really cool. And nowadays, just because it, it's just so many people and you need to keep the line moving and all of that, they don't really have a cool style. It's got, you know, the name of the convention and your name and other stuff and not that interesting. But back in the day, so check out my video, they had the Sandman on it. They had dinosaurs. They had one that looked like a little dollar bill kind of thing. And in 1993, the first year that I ever went, they had uh, kind of the stereotypical, kind of a stereotype, literally, of uh, this little guy, this little Mexican guy in his sarape and uh, big old hat, 
sleeping by a cactus so yeah kind of really stereotypical um, and it was 1993 he was on a city uh, laying by the cactus sleeping and our names were on it hand printed and a cool little drawing and and uh, it was yellow and uh, anyway throughout the years they had some cool designs but nowadays not really that interesting looking the goodie bag was still very cool you got uh, the the souvenir book the um, the event calendar and other things and free wristbands and this and that and uh, I know probably after going so many years you you, you feel differently about it but I, I really feel that on the very first conventions that I went you know the first five years or something there was so many free free things that it was like going to CES nowadays just like so many cool free things and and now you still get free things but I don't know I feel like I in the past few years the past five years or something I don't get as many cool free things but it's a different kind of thing different conversation so anyway um, I got the goodie bag and then we went in uh, one of the things that I got in that bag which I still have and I love nowadays which it will be a story later which will be my resurgence into comic books because I, I kind of lost interest, interest at that time. I probably was not really collecting avidly in 93. Um, but it, it had uh, two free comic books in the bag. Uh, one was the Lobo Convention Special. Now, Lobo is one of my favorite anti-heroes. It's a DC comic character. Uh, he's the last Zarnian. He's this badass, super tough guy. He can, he can fight Superman and, and hold his own and really he can beat Superman there he's that tough but I'll get into that later and the other thing that I got was issue number two of Dark Horse's San Diego Comic Con comics uh, I missed the previous year number one but I got number two and that'll be another topic later but basically the very first appearance of Hellboy for free I got it at Comic-Con actually I've got two copies left maybe three because I again we all went together but the goodie bag was amazing. The lines were short. It was very affordable to get in. And what else do I remember? It's all kind of hazy, but some of the things that stood out were, of course, the sheer enormity of the Comic Con, of the convention center. At that point, they were barely working on their first expansion. And I don't know square footages and all of that, but the convention center space that we know nowadays um, is at least double of what it was back 20 years ago, maybe like three quarters. It was only one quarter of what we know what it is today. And they were in the middle of construction, I believe, during that time. I remember walking through scaffolds and stuff on the uh, Harbor Drive. But it was still huge, so huge. It was probably, this was even before Hall H, I believe. So it only went from Hall A to, I don't know, D or something, E. But it was huge, it was still so many lanes to go through. And the first years I really only went down on the floor, the dealer's area. Um, I didn't know there was the programming up on top and events and all of that. But I... Uh, was one of the things that does stand out I remember 
and it must have not been a huge presence because nowadays Comic-Con is comic books, movies, TV. There's a strong Hollywood presence, for better or for worse. I kind of like it all, but I know a lot of old-timers really like it before the Hollywood presence. I can live with it all. It's cool. It's a great experience. But back in that day, back in the day then, in the early 90s, it was all about the comics. So it was kind of like really... This was, a, I guess that's why it really stood out to me in my memory because the Hollywood contingent was much smaller. But what I do remember was a lot of hype for this little movie called Jason Goes to Hell. So it was what, the 8th or the 9th? Friday, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th movie. This is from New Line Cinema by that time. And um, I remember seeing. Uh, merchandise for it perhaps it had come out the year a month before a year before I don't know when it came out before and I saw um, that they were selling merchandise of that movie specifically comic books and comic cards so it still had a strong tie to to, to the world of comic books it wasn't just like okay here's our movie come watch the screener you'll love it no it actually had ties more to comics so comic books and comic cards and I don't remember buying any of them it was enough to get into the convention center but we we got in and we um, looked around it was amazing image comics was ascending I don't recall that they had a huge booth but by that time they'd been around maybe a year two or so what I do remember was an area where you could see so uh, Spawn was one of the flagship titles of Image Comics. Quick side note on that image began from the exodus of about seven or eight or so uh, artists that had fled Marvel because they felt, well, we're superstars. We're getting rich off of these characters that we don't own. You know, there was... Uh, guys like Todd McFarlane, Eric Larson, etc. that were working on Spider-Man and X-Men and so forth. Rob Liefeld. Um, they were working on Marvel books and they were getting good money, but they're like, we can make our own company and we will be uh, in charge of our destinies. So those guys, they broke off. Uh, who was it? Uh, Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, Mark Silvestri... Jim Lee, so a few more, and they all made their own books, and uh, some have stood the test of time, not most of them, but Spawn, getting back to the point, Spawn was one of the flagship titles of Image, and uh, again, uh, they didn't have a big contingent at the Comic-Con, so I remember a, a booth where they had the character Violator um, as a real 3D resin model or something. It looked so cool. Uh, it was such high quality. The drool looked amazing. And it was just very cool to see such a horrific character come to life. It was probably, probably a yard tall, and I still have a photo of it. I, I dug it up. I found it recently. Um, and, um, you know, that actually might have been in 94, now that I think about it, because the photo 
that I have, I'm pretty sure that I can see that the badges are from 1994. So okay, that didn't happen on the first convention uh, that I went to in 1993. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, it's kind of hard to remember the details, but the big detail that I do remember is Jason Goes to Hell. And of course, if you remember the poster for that, it's got the super shiny, beautiful, silver Jason mask, the hockey mask. And that has like a little worm thing going through the eyeball or something, the eye socket. And flames in the background and really an eye-catching an eye-catching design I was always a big scaredy cat when it came to horror movies back when we had video stores I remember going to the video store and they had the covers of the VHS tapes of the movies and if I would pass by the horror movie section you know I'd have a nightmare for a week just seeing the covers because sometimes those covers were pretty scary but I'd seen a few of those Friday the 13th movies growing up here and there and uh, at that point in 1993 I was still pretty scared of horror movies um, so I was I remember seeing that that poster and they had it huge of course because to catch your attention and the that was a big memory that I have of it I still have all of the badges that that we've worn in those 21 years, 22 years. The thing though is that I don't have the badge with my name on it. I have the badge with my dad's name, so I wonder what happened to my original badge. But throughout my whole collection of badges, uh, I think there are only two that I'm missing of myself. The first year, it's my dad's. And then the second year it's mine and so forth but I think in 1996 or maybe 1995 I'm also missing my own I have my dad's and my brother's but besides that I have every single badge this year will be my 22nd year going to comic-con yes I have my badge yes I bought the pre-sale tickets and just looking back as a retrospective it really is, it really, things have really changed. So many more people. It used to be, I don't know, uh, Wikipedia will tell you, but let's say 10 to 20,000 people early on in the four days. And the latest stats are around 130,000 people, maybe 140,000 people coming to those four days and pumping in over a million dollars or something into the economy of San Diego and longer and longer lines, much more crowded, everything more expensive. 
I think I paid like $220 or something, $200 for my four or for my five day pass. So four days plus preview night. And back in the day, it was $20 for one day. And uh, even if you could pre-order them, I remember you could go on the last day of the convention, no line, buy your tickets for all four days, and they'd be like $60. And that was, that was the norm even only, you know, six years ago only six years but think but keep in mind that I've been going for over 20 years but I, I remember about six years ago or so they were raising the price you know $45 $60 $65 and I remember remarking wow the convention is getting so much crowded they should raise the price to like a hundred dollars that'll help weed out the true fans and I must have uh, my mutant powers must have really altered the time-space continuum because next year after that, the price had gone up to $100 for a badge, and then 120 and so forth. And this last time that I paid, it was, you know, it was uh, 200-something dollars. So you get what you you get what you ask for, and what I've asked for is to have a great time at the San Diego Comic-Con International, and I do, every year is different. People ask me, you've been going that long, Are you, do you still like it, is it still relevant? Definitely, there's always something new to see, something new to buy, you just have to have a plan. You know, what are you going there for? Are you going to walk the floor? You'll sp you could spend all four days, or one day, just walking the floor, seeing cool things, getting autographs, buying stuff. You could uh, go upstairs to the various panels, uh, see a talk on various topics. You could go to the big Hollywood panels where you see previews and so forth. And honestly, I don't do that as much anymore. I used to be able to go to the Simpsons panel, the Adult Swim panel, that sort of thing, Hall H. It's just crazy. It's so full and... And uh, that aspect is not fun because I'd like to see the Venture Brothers panel. I'd like to see um, the Simpsons and, and that Marvel stuff. But it's, I'm not going to stand in line for hours or days to get inside a panel. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to buy cool stuff. I'm going to see cool things. And I'm going to enjoy it. And I've been doing it for the last 20 years. So if you're going to go to San Diego Comic-Con 2015, hey, meet me up. Meet up with me. I'm on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash vmcampos. I'm on YouTube, youtube.com slash vmcamposjr. Uh, Vimeo. Basically everywhere I'm vmcampos, except for YouTube and Flickr. There I'm vmcamposjr, v-m-c-a-m-p-o-s-j-r. And uh, we'll have fun at Comic-Con like we do every year. So I'm at the end of my commute at this moment. Um, so time to wrap up. I'm VM Campos, and this has been the comic book commuting podcast. Drive safe and see you next time. <laughs>